Got it. My fault. So I, I actually don't, I'm in this place where I, I don't know how this happens, but it feels like it happens every single year, kind of right around the end of August, the beginning of September, I have the opportunity to come up here in front of you and to talk about something that is incredibly dear to my heart. And so it is with that in mind that I say to all of you this morning, happy fall, y'all. It is time for the best season of the year. I'm talking about hunting and fall bass fishing. I'm talking about cider mills and donuts. I'm talking about football, not soccer. Sorry, Pastor Allen. I'm talking about like Starbucks, the pumpkin spice latte is back. I don't know if you guys know this. I, I talk about this seriously every year. And I've actually had some people who've come to me and they're like, is that just like a thing? Do you really enjoy the pumpkin spice latte? Let me tell you, this year I received an email. And the subject of it was, hey there, pumpkin pal. And it was not like a coupon being like, hey, the pumpkin spice latte is back. Take it was just like, we know how much you like it because you bought so many. It's back. Give us your money. That is how much I enjoy the pumpkin spice latte. But it's fall. And I'm so happy. We've got, you know, like we saw in that video, we've got ministry kickoffs getting ready to happen. Student life is coming back. And I'm so excited for that. Just a just like a note about that pancake video, when I sat down in that stool to have pancakes thrown at me, there were more staff members holding pancakes when I sat down than any other staff member, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but here we are. And so, good morning, Community Church. My name is Jeff Heishen. I'm the director of student life here, and so I just want to welcome you, everybody here in this room, the church, the community, and Alma, and then for everybody online, I'm just so thankful that in the midst of everything that's been going on with all the craziness and the weirdness that you have been joining us. And so thank you so much for giving up a part of your Sunday morning to join in with the body of the church to connect and to plug in. Just a note for everyone online, today we will be taking communion. And so at the end of my message, we'll be doing that. And so if you want to take a moment, grab some bread, grab some juice, and do whatever it is that you need to do to prepare for that, we'd love to partake in that together at the end of the service. But I'm not just going to talk to you about fall and pumpkin spice, although I could. Uh, but I want to talk to you about something today that is actually something that I feel like God has been laying on my heart uh, for me, but I think also for all of you. And this is a really interesting time because we're just coming out of a series over the summer where we spent like, uh, like 14 weeks or something like that walking through the book of Exodus, Right? And looking at Moses and his character and his leadership and the people of Israel. And so when I found out that I was preaching today, Alan was kind of like, yeah, whatever, like whatever you want. And I was like, oh, I just get to get up and say like whatever I want. And there was the, there's, this, there's this moment of, I would say, trepidation, but also just the weight of responsibility of understanding how clearly I have to seek after God's voice to, to come up here and try to communicate to you what it is that I think God is saying, right? Because I want you to understand, for all of us who speak and preach here, we don't ever want it to be us, right? We don't ever want to sit down and say, like, man, I'm so smart and I'm so great. What do I want to say to the people in the church? What we want is for we want to hear and understand God's heart for us for you, for the community, for the global community 
of the church. And as I was sitting and I was thinking and I was praying and I was really saying, like, God, what do you have for me? God kind of said, it's that. I want you to talk about what does it mean to hear from me? What does it mean to listen to my voice? Because I'll be honest with you, I've been on staff here at the church for 10 years, and over the course of my time here, I have had so many conversations with people in my office or just in the lobby who are saying to me, I'm not hearing God. Or they're saying to me, I don't know what God wants from me. I don't know what God wants for me. I've also, on the other side of that, had conversations with people who will sit down, uh, students especially, and they'll, they'll be going through this giant life change, right? For a lot of them, they're graduating, they're going to school. For some of them, they're, you know, they're getting married, they're looking at jobs, they're looking at grad school. It's all of these big life decisions that I think a lot of us have lived through, and maybe we made the right decision and maybe we didn't, but I always ask the same question. Did you pray about it? And I wish the answer was always, well, of course I did. That's the first thing I did. But more often than not, the answer is no. And sometimes the answer is, why would I do that? Why would I pray about that? And so what I need us to understand before we get going into anything is this one fundamental truth that God wants to communicate with you. This morning... Here at the church, God wants to communicate with you. During the week, when you're online at the grocery store, when you're driving in your car, when you're sitting at work, when you're relaxing at night with your family, God is trying to speak to you. God is trying to communicate with you. At the very beginning of the Bible, we see in Genesis, the creation story. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, we see God It says, and God blessed them, and God said to them, that's Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then in the next chapter, chapter 2, starting in verse 16, it says, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. The very beginning of creation, God is communicating with his people. And actually what he's doing is we see that he is communicating to them for their good. He is communicating to them his best for them. He is telling them what he created them for, what he is calling them to, the ways in which they are to engage with the world around them, and the ways that they are to engage with him. God is speaking his best into you. And I think the challenge is for so many of us, and I have been in this place many times myself, we do not hear him. Right? We don't hear him. And I think there's There's a few different reasons for that. One, I think for those of us who maybe are actually looking to hear from God, we get so wrapped up in wanting the miraculous, right? We just came out of a series uh, talking about Moses, and I think Moses is the quintessential example of God speaking to someone through the miraculous, right? Moses is out in the wilderness, and there's this bush on fire, and it's not burning, and the audible voice of God speaks to him, the burning bush. 
Or do we look at Gideon later in the Old Testament who, who says, God, if this is you, I'm going to put this fleece out. And in the morning, if the fleece is wet with dew and the ground is dry, I'm going to know it's you. And then he flips it. And, and he's looking for God in the miraculous. Here's the challenge. I do not know about you. God has never spoken to me through a burning bush. Right? I've never ever walked outside and there's my rose bush just going to town and the voice of God thunders down to me. Like, that's just never happened to me. If it has happened to you, that is amazing. Please come and tell me. I want to hear the story. Maybe you should be up here. But it's never happened to me. And I think the challenge is, that's what we want when we think about hearing from God. That's what we want. We, we want it like a signpost. We want it like a miracle. We want the burning bush moment. I've never had that. But here's what I have had. I have had God speaking to me. I have had God communicating with me. And I think if we focus so much on the big miracles, sometimes we miss it. I think one other thing that has happened is sometimes we find ourselves in this place where we have gone so long not hearing the voice of God that we just don't expect that he is speaking to us, right? And for whatever reason that could be, it could be, you know, that we just have been struggling and we haven't taken time to build into our faith and we just haven't been able to listen. Maybe you're in this place today where when you think about your faith and you think about the time that you give to God and the time that you open yourself up to hear from him, it's now. It is one hour a week on Sunday morning. And we don't hear from him then, maybe, or we don't hear from him the way that we want to, and so we think, well, he's just not speaking to me. But again, I promise you that your faith does not boil down to Sunday morning. You're, right? Your faith is not wrapped up in this bubble of one hour where you come and you smile at people and you sing, and you sing worship together and you, and you hear teaching. That is not your faith. And that is not your relationship with God. Right? I think in the church, we're so keen on this idea of well, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. But really, if we're honest with ourselves, do we treat it with, like that? Or is that just a clever catchphrase to try to get people to come into our building? Right? I need you to understand God is always speaking to you, and we have to put our plate, ourselves into a place where we can hear from him. So with that being said, I want to just give you kind of the top three ways that I feel like God communicates with me and the top three ways that I feel like God communicates with his people. And I don't want to oversimplify. And maybe for some of you, you know, this isn't new, but I think it's a solid reminder of where our priorities need to be. So the first way, the number one way I feel like God communicates to his people is through the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. We believe that everything that is written here is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and challenging and encouraging. And so often when I talk to people and they're saying to me, I'm not hearing from God, so often in my own life, when I have said, God, why are you so silent? I am hurting and I am crying. Why are you not here? I'm not opening my Bible. In Hebrews chapter 4, this is one of my favorite verses. I learned it 
uh, as, a, as, a, as a kid in junior Bible quiz, it says, Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is alive. And it is his living word to each of us. And, and my fear is, and I have been in this place that we have boiled down our, our time reading the Bible, if we even make time to read the Bible, as a part of our to-do list. What are the things that I have to do to be a good Christian? Well, I probably shouldn't swear, and I, I got to smile at people at, at the grocery store, and I guess I should read a couple verses in my Bible every day, and I should pray before meals. And it's checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. And we have taken the most powerful tool that God has given us, the living word of God, and we have made it a chore. We have turned it into a box on our to-do list. And we are missing the voice of God. What I need you to understand is, you know, how, how do you do that, right? How do you open the Bible and how do you read it in a way that it's not just obligation? I think the first thing that I would say to you is go into the Bible expecting God to speak something to you. Go into your reading of the word expecting that God has something powerful for you. When I have my quiet time and I sit down to read, I start by saying, God, what do you have for me? What are you going to teach me? What are you going to convict me of? What do you have for me in the word? And then I'm not going to put it down until I find it. I'm not going to read my six verses or my one chapter or my reading plan and be like, cool, done. I'm going to open my Bible and I'm going to seek after God's heart for me in it. And sometimes it's two verses. I get two verses in, I'm like, dang, there it is. Sometimes I get 12 chapters in, and I'm like, all right, like, let's, let's move it along here. But I keep going until I find what he has for me. I think the other thing I would just say about reading the Bible is, you know, understand the Bible was written thousands of years ago, right? And I think there are lots of things that we read in it that we're like, does this apply to me? Like, this doesn't make sense, right? Like in the Old Testament, we see that there's this rule about how people can't wear clothing made from two different fabrics woven together. I'm not going to go around and check all the tags on your shirts, but I would guess that right now, based on just like modern convenience and comfort, all of us are breaking that rule. So what does that mean? Right? And so what I want you to understand is when you read the Bible, you have to read it, understand who it was written by, who it was written to, contextualize it, and then pull the truth that God is trying to speak to you out of it. And it takes work. If you are like me, there are times when I'll be reading the Bible and I'll hit a word and I'll be like, I don't know what that means. Or I'll hit a person, I'm like, I, I don't understand what this name means. You can bet that the people who wrote it and the people who were reading it knew what that thing meant. I don't. And so one of the things I would encourage you is stop. You have the wealth of human knowledge at your fingertips, in your pocket, all the time with your smartphone. Stop. Look up a commentary. 
Blue Letter Bible is a phenomenal resource. Check something out. Do yourself a favor and understand what it was that was trying to be communicated in these pages so that God can communicate to you. Right, stepping back to that example of we can't wear clothes made of the same, uh, you know, of two fabrics. Right, understand that was written to the Israelites at a time where they were about to step into the promised land. They were walking into an area of the world where they were surrounded by people who honestly looked a lot like them and whose cultures resembled theirs a lot. But God was speaking to them and saying, you are my people. And so here's what I am calling you to. You will not wear these clothes that are similar to the people around you so that it will be a reminder to them that you're my chosen people and a reminder to you that you're my chosen people. That's why that rule existed. And so for us today, it's not about, is my clothes made of 100% cotton that's organic and like 100% recycled, but it is about, does my life look different than the culture around me? Is there something signifying to those around me that I am one of God's people? Am I reminded daily that I am one of God's people? That, I think, is the truth that we find in that verse. Second thing, second way that I feel like God speaks to his people is through prayer, right? It's through prayer. And I'm not talking about um, just a quick, like, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub prayer. I am talking about true communication, right? I mentioned quiet time. I am talking about prayer. I am talking about meditation. I am talking about quieting ourselves so we can hear from God. Um, my wife and I have been married for 14 years, and over the course of our marriage, both of us have received a lot of marriage advice, right? Uh, some of it's been good, some of it's been bad, some of it's been like really, really bad. Um, but one thing nobody has ever said to me in regards to my marriage is, hey, number one tip for a healthy marriage, don't speak to each other ever. No communication. Just keep each other completely in the dark at all times, and you'll do great. And we understand, right? Like, that's a no-brainer. If you are in a relationship with someone, you have to have communication. But I think that we are in this place where we would call what we have with God a relationship, and there's just not communication. At no point are we sitting down saying, like, God, what do you have for me? God, this is what's happening in my life. It's extra hard now, right? It's extra hard in the time that we live in because right now, more than ever, there are voices and messages being spoken into you and over you, and, uh, and just, it's so loud, and it's so overwhelming, right? I have talked to so many students who will come to me, and they're saying, like, this is what I'm hearing. Like, you have to look this way. You have to act this way. You have to own these things. You have to like this thing. You have to be good at this. You can't like this. You can't wear this. All of these voices are speaking 100 miles an hour into our lives, right? And we're busy. We're so busy. The mission statement here at the church is leading people into a focused life with Jesus Christ. And that is because we understand that all of these voices, all of these messages, all of these things are pushing and pulling and vying for our attention and vying for our energy. And in the midst of it, we have to make time for God. 
We have to make time for God because otherwise we're going to miss it. In 1 Kings, there's this moment where Elijah is interacting with God. Um, And it says in 1 Kings 19, starting in verse 11, it says, And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. Some translations say the sound of a still, small voice. And here's the thing I need you to understand. God could speak in the earthquake, and he could speak in the wind, and he could speak in the fire, but he chooses more often than not to speak to us in the still, small voice because he values his relationship with us. Because he wants what he is saying to you to be for you, to be intimate and close. He wants you to come to a place where you're listening for him and listening to him. You know, I said kind of there at the beginning, um, that when God communicates with us, he is speaking into us what is best for us. He is speaking his goodness into us. He is calling us to something, from something, and for something. And if we aren't communicating with him, we are going to miss out on what it is that we are trying to do. We are going to miss out on what it is that he is calling us to. Last year, I took my youngest daughter, Olivia, uh, out with me deer hunting for the first time. And so we got up early and we uh, jumped in my car and drove out to, to my hunting spot. And we're walking across the field and it's dark out. And she says, maybe louder than I would have liked, she goes, Dad. And I was like, ah. I was like, what, sweetie? And uh, she was like, it's so dark. How are we going to see? And I was like, well, buddy, and I'm, I'm explaining to this as we're trudging across this field. I'm like, buddy, there's this thing called like legal shooting light. And once it, it hits a certain time and a certain amount of light, that's when we can, you know, that's when if we see a deer, we can, we can, we can shoot it. She was like, okay. So we get into the, in the blind, and she sits down in her little chair. She's just sitting on her tablet, and some time goes by, and she looks up, and she notices that it's light enough out that she can see. And she goes, Dad, is it shooting light now? I was like, yeah, buddy. And she goes, when are we going to start shooting? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I did not communicate to you in a way that set you up to understand what we were doing. In her mind, when we got out there and it was light enough, we were just going to start blasting. (laughs) And I think she only lasted like 30 more minutes after that because she had come into it with this expectation that it was going to be just like bullets whizzing down the field, just deer everywhere. And for those of you who hunt, you know that it's not the case. But what I want you to understand is if you are not in communication with God, when the moment comes you're not going to know what you're supposed to do. You're going to just want to start blasting. Number three, the third way that God communicates 
with us is through other people. Right? It's through other people. And I think this is the one that maybe we miss the most often. Right? When we look at the formation of the church, when Jesus has come back and he spent his 40 days with his disciples, there's this moment where we see Jesus and he's standing with his disciples and he says like, hey, you know, you're going to go and you're going to make disciples of, to the ends of the earth. Right? You're going to preach and you're going to teach and you're going to build the church. And I'm going to be there with you. And then he leaves. He just floats up to heaven and he's just gone. And it's maybe one of, like, I think the funniest and greatest things in the world because he says to these people, these unqualified fishermen and tax collectors and zealots, you're going to change the world for me. Don't worry, I'm going to be there with you every step of the way. And then he leaves. And then you see them go to this room and they're like, what do we do? What do we do? How do we do this? And I need you to understand that God chooses to use his people in the work of the kingdom. Right? For each of us who sit here and say that we're Christians, God has a call on our lives to do kingdom work. Because he's not down here just doing it himself. He has chosen to use people. And if you're anything like me, that is a sobering thing to hear. Because I find myself so often in the spot where I'm like, really? Like me? God, do you know me? Like, it says that you see everything and you know everything. Like, so you know me and you see me and you still want to use me? But he does. In Proverbs chapter 27, there's a a verse that I think gets quoted a lot, but it just says, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. God uses the people around us, the people who he has put in our lives to speak his heart and his truth into us. Right? I think about my own life. I think about the close friends that I have who over the course of my life, over the course of my time here at the church have encouraged me, have lifted me up, have actually challenged me have said, and I'm sure it wasn't easy, hey, Jeff, I see this thing in your life, and I don't think it's what God wants for you. I see this thing in your life, and it's not good. And it's hard to hear, but I want you to understand that in those moments when people come to you and they speak love and they speak life into you, or maybe they challenge you and they push you and they, and they really ask you that question, are you doing what you should be doing for God, that that is the voice of God that God is working in and through those people, through the body of the church, to speak life into you. Next week, we, are, um, we have our Sunday brunch. I think a few people have called it the launch brunch, which I actually think is funnier and better. But we have this opportunity to gather together in a way that I think will build community. We have a way to gather together, and there will be opportunities for you to sign up for a group, to sign up to serve. If you're a college student, to find out about Unite, where actually they're kicking off on Tuesday, if that's something that any of you college students are interested. If you're a middle school or high school student, Student Life kicks off next week, Sunday evening, 
It is just a phenomenal way for you to plug into the church in a way that I think will build deeper relationships and deeper community for you to allow God to speak to you through his people. And so I just want to encourage you, do everything you can to plug into the church. Right? And I'm not saying that because I work at the church. I'm saying that because I truly, truly believe that God ministers to people through people. Because I truly believe that God wants each of us to be known and loved and cared for. And I think that that happens through the body of Christ. And so I would just challenge everybody here, everybody in Alma, everybody online, do whatever it is that you can to engage in the community of the church. I hope that you find yourself in a point now where you understand, man, God is speaking to me and he has something for me. And I see maybe three areas of my life where he's trying to do that. And so I just want to leave you kind of with this idea, like this one piece of practical application. A while back, we were looking at discipleship. And we we're kind of talking through what does it mean to disciple and be discipled. Um, and there was this, this guy, Mike Breen, who, who is kind of a guru of discipleship. And he says that when God is speaking, we have two questions that we have to ask ourselves. The first one, what is God saying to me? Right, when we put ourselves in a position to listen to God, we have to try to discern what it is that he's telling us. And then the second thing, the second question that we have to ask ourselves, what am I going to do about it? What is God saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? If you walk away from this morning with just one thing, let it be, well, I guess it's two things, let it be those two questions. What is God saying to me? Because I promise you, he is speaking to you. And then what are you going to do about it? I said at the beginning of the message that we were going to take communion together. And now is that time. And so what I want to ask you to do is go ahead and uh, on your, in your seats in front of you or on the chair, there are, um, there are these communion cups. I want you to grab them, prepare, and just hold on to it. We'll partake together at the end of the service. But, you know, when Jesus was with his disciples on that final night that he was betrayed, he said to them, he, he, he talked about the bread and he talked about the blood, and he said this thing to them that I think maybe sometimes we, we, we miss the point of. He says, whenever you eat this bread or drink this cup, do this in remembrance of me. And I think it's really easy on a Sunday morning to come in here with this tiny little wafer and this tiny little cup and be like, yeah, I remember Jesus. Cool, let's do it. And I think sometimes we miss the point. I think sometimes we miss how amazing and important this is. Because it is first a reminder of how loved we are. Right, it is first a reminder that God loved each of us so much in the midst of our mess, in the midst of our hurt, in the midst of everything going on, that he sent his son to die for us. But I think the other thing that, that it calls us to remember is to remember that Jesus didn't die for us so we could sit comfortably in a seat one hour on Sunday morning. 
When we remember Jesus, we remember that he is inviting us into kingdom ministry with him. When we remember Jesus, we remember that at all times in our life, God is speaking to us. God is calling us to something. God is pushing us. And when we take communion, yeah, we remember him. We remember his sacrifice. We remember how loved we are. But there is also this part where we have to say, like, we remember that we are called to kingdom work. What are we going to do about it? Church, today, I I genuinely believe that God is speaking to you. I believe that he is calling you to something. I believe that he is preparing each of us for something. I think today, in in this crazy world that we live in, we have to, we absolutely have to have a heart to listen. And we have to have a desire to not only hear God's voice, but to do something about it. You know, for some of you, maybe this is your very first time hearing the voice of God, and he's calling you to him. If that's you, I'd love to have a conversation with you after the service, or go out to info and talk to someone there. And for some of you, maybe he's calling you to repentance right now. Maybe as I've talked about the voice of God speaking into your life, you have been like, oh, the Holy Spirit right now is showing me this thing in my life that is stopping me from hearing God. He's calling you to repentance. For some of you, maybe he is speaking into a decision that you're facing. He is speaking his best into you. He is calling you to something. And maybe for some of us, he's calling us to be his voice to the people around us. Whatever it is, please know that he is reminding you that in the midst of all this, how loved you are how beautiful you are, how cared for and valued you are. Church, I want us to just take a moment and quiet ourselves. Take this time and listen for the still, small voice. Listen for what he has for you. And in a moment, we'll partake of communion together.